the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 and 2023 WVBA Talk Show of the Year. Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kavalik. It is Wednesday the 14th. You are tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Nicewarner. Alongside me is Marcia Kavalik. Good morning, Marcia. Good morning. Oh, hey, there I, I that's am. That's my fault. I didn't turn your mic Good on. morning. Good morning. Happy Flag Day. And also with you. I'm wearing <laughs> red, white, and blue. You probably didn't notice, but I am. Um, I wore it yesterday. I'm I wore, not. I wore a different <laughs> outfit that was red, white, and blue yesterday, and Susan said, you should have waited to wear that till tomorrow. Well, if there's one person that I would know or would assume that would have plenty of red, white, and blue clothing, it would be you, Marsha. And also our next guest. Yes, absolutely. So who is on the line with us? It is Jill Upson, Executive Director of the Herbert Henderson Office of Minority Affairs and the West Virginia Women's Commission. Welcome in. Thank you. Good morning, Jordan. Good morning, Marsha. Good, Good morning. morning. So uh, how, how have you been? Doing well. Just... Uh, Getting ready to have our Juneteenth event, so super, super busy here at the Capitol. So I, I reprinted out uh, the, the kind of uh, the lineup. I put it on our, our script, so Jordan mm-hmm. might know some of these performers, right? Uh, so yeah, some of them do sound uh, pretty familiar to me, that's for sure. But you, you all are certainly busy down there at the Herbert Henderson Office of Minority Affairs, of course, with the Juneteenth celebrations, which we'll uh, get to because you have a ton of those going on, not just down there in Charleston, but across the state, especially up here in the uh, eastern panhandle. But I want to ask you about this ACP program uh, that you brought up about broadband and technology, because here in West Virginia, it seems like that is one of the last... Uh, what do you want to call it? Frontiers. Yes, around is <laughs> I, uh, you know did broadband. I, I, did and... I say that, that pun not intended? Yeah. So, so what's this <laughs> ACP program? So, um, it's part of the BEAD program. So that's broadband equity access and deployment. And you may have heard, of course, the the forty two point four five billion dollars that's going to all the states. Uh, West Virginia's portion of that funding will be significant, and it's to put forth. Ex- um, the effort to bring uh, digital equity to West Virginia. And a part of that digital equity program includes affordable connectivity. And what that is, is it will allow for people who are receiving SNAP, Medicaid, um, WIC, veterans' pensions, survivor benefits, uh, to receive $30 a month for broadband services, um, $75 a month for households that are on tribal lands, and um, a $100 fee, um, I'm sorry, $100 discount for a laptop, desktop, computer, or tablet. Now, those have to be purchased from one of the participating providers for those devices. And so basically that's the program is to uh, combine access to broadband with the actual devices that people will need uh, to access the Internet 
And I do, if you don't mind, would like to give the phone number that people can call if they're interested because we do want to get as many people as we can signed up and taking advantage of this great program. So it's uh, area code 877-384-2575. And there's also a website that is affordableconnectivity.gov. And you can go there and look at all the requirements for the program, but um, it's just the first of many things that are going to be happening through the federal government, through this BEAD uh, program uh, to serve underserved populations that do not have um, access to broadband. So, uh, Secretary Upson, is this a a look ahead to this? Is this something folks can be planning for, or are these ready to be deployed very soon? This particular uh, component of the program has already been rolled out. So they can either call that phone number or go to that website, and they will be able to get the ball rolling right away on that. That's already implemented. I know that one of the things you talked about on uh, a previous uh, edition of Panhandle Live was that um, when these the broadband expansions are happening in some of these communities, that you're hoping that they'll uh, pay attention to who's in those communities and put them to work, uh, the, the folks who live in the communities, to put broadband uh, in those communities. So uh, how are your efforts going there? So that is a, a huge issue that I you know, picked up on as I was going around doing the statewide listening tour. Uh, that was a common refrain amongst people living in the communities is that they, uh, they did not want to see where people are coming in from outside of the community, outside of the state, uh, taking advantage of all the, you know, the, the great jobs that are going to go along with expanding broadband access throughout the state. And so that is something that is front and center that we have talked about in our uh, Workforce Development Council meetings, and um, we will still be moving forward in that effort to make sure that we're getting out talking to the community and letting them know what the training opportunities are. Uh, There are partnerships with some of the uh, community colleges that I know of uh, that are going to be helping in that effort. Yeah, we're speaking with Jill Epson of the Herbert Henderson, excuse me, Office of Minority Affairs. And this is a big weekend coming up for y'all, Juneteenth weekend, especially down at the state capitol. You have a huge celebration with a bunch of performers. Uh, Of course, Drew Hill being the the big group that's going to be performing. And I see here on the press release that all the members of Drew Hill are going to be there, which is pretty impressive, honestly. But then uh, you got Aristotle Jones, friend of the uh, company of WVRC Media. He's going to be there. I mean, uh, there's some pretty great artists and acts that are going to be down at the State Capitol Complex on Saturday, June 17th. Yes, we do. We've got fantastic talent all throughout West Virginia, and I'm very fortunate to have the lineup that we have. Um, we've got Logical. Logical um, is a faith-based rapper, and he performed last year and was really a crowd favorite, so he will be back. Uh, and then we, co- of course, have our child drummer, Kingston Price, who everybody loves. He started coming to this event and playing the drums, I think he was six when he first started coming. And so uh, he will be back this year. And then we've got uh, some other great talent, spoken word by Jamila Northstar Brown, uh, who is going to be doing some of her poetry. And then, of course, we have all the fun. We've got the bounce houses. We've got the gaming trailer. We've got the fun bus. Uh, we've got soft play for, for crawlers and toddlers. So it really is going to be a fantastic day. And I just hope that, you know, anyone who can get here by 5 o'clock on Saturday would certainly do so.
Then there's going to be plenty of stuff up here in the Eastern Panhandle as well, celebrating uh, the Juneteenth holiday. And I want to ask you too, now, if you would, were to go around and probably just pick a stranger off the street and ask him if they know about Juneteenth, I would say nowadays they probably would. But in recent years or past years, they probably wouldn't know what you're talking about. So to you and the Herbert Henderson Office of Minority Affairs, how important is Juneteenth, the holiday, to get the word out and to let people know why it's such a big deal to celebrate it? Well, I think it's important because uh, when it became a federal holiday, it was on the heels of a lot of civil um, unrest and, and contention in the United States. And so a lot of people misunderstood, and they thought that Juneteenth was born out of that uh climate, and it wasn't. Juneteenth has been around, of course, since June 19, 1865, and what it is is that it marks the official end to slavery in the United States, because after uh, Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, the word did not get back to the remaining slaves for another full two years, and that's what Juneteenth celebrates, is those remaining 250-plus thousand slaves uh, who, the you know, the Union troops about 2,000 of them, uh, had to ride into Texas and let them know that they had, in fact, been freed. A huge celebration broke out, and Juneteenth has been being celebrated in this country ever since. Our guests this morning, Herbert Henderson, Office of Minority Affairs and West Virginia Women's Commission Director Jill Upson. Anything else you want to let our listeners know before we have to let you go? I just want to wish everybody a very happy Juneteenth, a very happy Father's Day, and a very happy West Virginia Day because we have all those things coming up this weekend. Well, Jill Upson, thank you for taking a little time out of this crazy time of the year for you to uh, chat with us here on Panhandle Lot. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And that's Jill Upson of the Herbert Henderson Office of Minority Affairs talking about the big Juneteenth celebrations happening downstate in Charleston. But locally, Marsha, we have the uh, Juneteenth and the West Virginia Day celebrations happening down in Charlestown um, in uh, Jefferson County. But here in Martinsburg, there's a Juneteenth celebration happening at the Sumner Raymer School Museum. Now, it's happening on the 18th at 1230 p.m. It's at 515 West Martin Street here in Martinsburg. And it's a look into the lives of local African-American students that attended the school during the times of segregation. Uh, it's going to be hosted by Leonard and Helen Harris. Helen, of course, a uh, friend of the program. Mm-hmm. They're going to have refreshments that will be provided by the St. Agnes Catholic Church community. And um, Leonard came in yesterday and dropped this information off to us. And he was telling me a couple of the stories and a little bit of the information behind it. And this, I mean, I would have had no idea about, uh, you know, all this um progress really mm-hmm. that happened right here in Martinsburg and really right on my street. Oh, some of the stories I know um, that Helen and, and Leonard both have come in and, and told us are yeah. remarkable and they have done such uh, a labor of love getting that exhibit together at the Sumner Raymer school. And they, they give their time to, you yep. know, talk to people, kids, kids come in in school groups and that. And on this day you can, um, you know, avail yourself of their their historical knowledge and their stories. They're going to be talking to folks, and uh, there will be refreshments there as well. Right. It'll be on Sunday the 18th, uh, starting at 12.30 p.m. at the Sumner Raymer School uh, here in Martinsburg at 515 West Martin Street. So, uh, Just if down from Bob's. Just just down from Bob's. I mean, you could see Bob's mm-hmm. from uh, Sumner Raymer, which if I'd have been going to school there and Bob's had been around, it would not have right. been good for me. I'd have been at Bob's probably more than I'd been in school. Oh, my goodness. I hadn't thought of that. I, I used to go to um, the States meet step aerobics classes ah. at the at the Raymer Center. Really? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Look at you. Not, not even going to comment nope. about it. I'd have just been at Bob's getting a sub.
Your mom's getting the sun. <laughs> but thanks to Jill Upson uh, from the Herbert Henderson Office of Minority Affairs for taking a little time to chat with us to let us know about all the Juneteenth celebrations and a little bit of the history behind it uh, as well uh, going on around the state this week. But we got to get to our first break, and we'll be back with more after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Country Roads Tire and Auto takes you home with full-service auto care with a higher level of care. With the best service warranty in the industry, Country Roads Tire and Auto has you covered by a nationwide limited repair warranty that extends for 24 months or 24,000 miles, whichever comes first. Your official Goodyear dealer and AAA facility. Country Roads Tire and Auto has trained ASE certified techs with two convenient locations, Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Let Country Roads Tire and Auto take you home. Learn more at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Your call is very important to us. Please hold. You called the Big Propane Company, but no one answers the phone. Go Blue Flame! The Big Propane Company makes promises and then breaks them. Go Blue Flame! You need great service and terrific value from your propane company. Go Blue Flame! Blue Flame Propane in Berkeley Springs, 304-258-3495. Providing warmth and comfort to their community for over 50 years. Go BlueFlame.com! They'll answer the phone. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. When you think of an auction, you probably think of this. But there's a better way to bid on great products and services. WB Bargains is back, but time is running out to bid on over a quarter million dollars in incredible products and services. And everything starts at 65% off. So, WB Bargains is the region's largest online auction. Power tools, beauty treatments, experiences, and more. Choose from hundreds of items. Place your bid and save up to 65%. Going on now at WBBargains.com. Progressive presents an ad from mom. What does it say here? Bundle your home and auto insurance with Progressive and get protection around the clock. You know what? I'm sorry. I I think it should be around. (laughs) What are you signaling? Me to stop talking? Oh, all right. Stop talking. No. Just had to tell me. That's all you Get round-the-clock protection when you bundle and save with Progressive. It's easier than getting your mom to make this radio ad. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free call 800-611-3113 that's 800-611-3113 800-611-3113 warren shares how hospice of the panhandle helped him care for his wife at home i've known reva since the seventh grade and we're married for 58 and a half years. Reva really loved this home. She loved to go out on the porch. Reva had leukemia, and that's what took her life. The one thing that Hospice of the Panhandle did for Reva was let her die with dignity in her own home. They gave me all the help that I needed to take care of Reva and to do it safely. Anytime I had a question, they were on call 24-7. Reva was pain-free. 
to the day she passed, Hospice of the Panhandle gave the most excellent care that I could possibly ask for. Learn how Hospice of the Panhandle can help you and your loved ones. Visit hospiceotp.org or call 304-264-0406. A new WVU Heart and Vascular Institute is now open in Martinsburg, offering 10,000 square feet of clinic space with exam rooms, procedure rooms, diagnostic capabilities, and a dedicated patient entrance waiting area. At the WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, our board-certified physicians are performing groundbreaking procedures using cutting-edge techniques to provide world-class health care close to home. Visit the expanded WVU HVI Clinic on the Berkeley Medical Center campus, a department of Berkeley Medical Center. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Marsh Kavalik. Appreciate Jill Upson of the Herbert Henderson Office of Minority Affairs, among other things, for uh, coming on to the show this morning. Talk about all the Juneteenth celebrations going on around the state. If you missed any of that conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today uh, on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Our next guest is going to be Steve French, talking about the Battle of Martinsburg, but that'll be coming up after a little while. Uh, so we got a little time for a news recap, Marsha. So um, there is some, like, breaking news about, well, breaking, but a big news about a fugitive from Martinsburg. But uh, one of the big things that I wanted to make sure that, because uh, I, I don't know if you heard the newscasts, uh, Mark Baldwin has announced he's retiring. City manager Mark Baldwin from Martinsburg uh, it won't be effective until towards like the end of October, October 27th, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I, if I read it right, and now I can't make this any bigger, so I won't be able to see it. Um, you reading the uh, press release? Yeah, 27 years. Yeah, and 38 years in public service. Yeah, he's been here for a long time. 1996 is uh, when he got started. He's the longest tenured city manager in Martinsburg history during his tenure. Martinsburg's population has increased by over 25%, making it the state's sixth largest city. So uh, that has to do uh, in part with Mark Baldwin's um, you know, time as city manager. And we've talked to him a bunch of times mm-hmm. uh, in these last couple of years now. And I think he's done a great job. Uh, wasn't this was unexpected, at least to me. I don't know about you, but when I saw mm-hmm. the uh, press release yesterday come out, um, texted my dad, I was like, did you hear about Mark down in <laughs> Martinsburg? But uh, I'm happy for him. Hey, anytime you get a chance to retire, in my opinion, take it. So, oh, well, uh, we'll miss him. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it seem, it sounds like, and it seems like from the interaction we've had with him, hey, you know, he deserves it. He deserves it. Oh, absolutely. Time. I, I wonder if he's counted up how many different council members have gone through uh, during his tenure. How many, um, let's see, this would be three, at least three mayors that I can think of. Yeah. Um, because he, George Caros. Say 96. And, so from right. 96 on. So, um, and then when when he's in with a, a, a leader from the city or someone who uh, manages a particular department, you always realize he's not there jumping in and taking over the conversation, but he's always there steady with the facts. Um, he has to make some pretty big decisions mm-hmm. as city manager, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, it was it, the city manager's job to appoint the next chief of police after that, you know, uh, interview process and all of that. So um, he's kind of a big deal. 
Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. And it's going to be, it'll be tough losing Mark, I think, for uh, the city of Martinsburg. But of course, that opens the door for somebody else uh, mm-hmm. to come in with some maybe new and fresh ideas, which uh, is always exciting. But in that uh, press release, City Manager Mark Baumann said, uh, quote, I have been fortunate to spend the majority of my working career with Martinsburg and to call Martinsburg home for the last 27 years. I've had the privilege of working with several mayors, many elected officials, and hundreds of colleagues and co-workers over the years, all who have tirelessly worked to make Martinsburg a better place every day. I'm proud of the work we have accomplished and grateful for the opportunities that Martinsburg has provided professionally and personally. I would also like to acknowledge my family's support through my years of serving this city. I'm excited for Martinsburg future, Martinsburg's future, end quote. And again, that City Manager Mark Baldwin, uh, who announced that he'll be retiring effective October 27th. Thank you. October 27th, 23rd. I want to see him roll in. We should just invite him to come in and reflect. You know, I want to see him roll in in like a Hawaiian shirt, like retirement (laughs) gear. I can see. I can see. Talk about his plans. I could see Mark having a few different uh, Mm -hmm. options of Hawaiian shirt in the closet. Uh, or maybe like a sports jersey of some sort, because I don't know who his teams uh, are. He strikes me as a uh, as a guy that you know will keep a pretty business cash. Okay, you know maybe a nice lightly buttoned shirt with uh, some slacks or something. I could see that out of Mark. So there's a new program out of the FBI, and uh, unfortunately, a man from Martinsburg is its first fugitive under it. A West Virginia man is the first person to be placed on the FBI's new regional fugitive list. Uh, 42-year-old Samuel, Samuel Rose of Martinsburg is the first person named to the, in the program. In addition, the FBI is offering a $15,000 reward for information mm. leading to his arrest and conviction. He's been known to frequent Martinsburg and Hagerstown, the D.C. area. Officials tell WDTV the program is intended to publicize information that will help lead to the apprehension of violent offenders. But here's where uh, folks need to be warned. This man is considered to be a dangerous uh, fugitive. He is uh, described as a black male with black hair, brown eyes, 5'6 to 5'9, 165 to 190 pounds, with a scar on his abdomen. Uh, Again, $15,000 reward reward, um, for the capture and subsequent conviction Hmm. uh, of this gentleman. Wow. Yeah. Um, So also yesterday was municipal elections in the towns of Harpers Ferry and the town of Bath. Um, and so I, they, they released the unofficial results because yeah. it still has to be canvassed next week. But those results are over at panhandlenewsnetwork.com, as was that story. And um, also, Morgan County Health Department is, in, is um, offering free school sports physicals. They're set for July 10th uh, from 3 to 6 in the afternoon at the health department. Absolutely, and that's at 137 War Memorial Drive over in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. They're saying appointments are encouraged, so 304-258-1513. Again, 304-258-1513. And don't sign your own forms, kids. Right, to uh, schedule your appointment. (laughs) Forms must be signed by a legal guardian. It says here in all caps. Did you ever sign a note from your, quote, parents at school? (sighs) Okay, never mind. <laughs> <Statutally>, that that <laughs> sigh. I was just saying, uh, are they listening? <laughs> are they listening right now? Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily remember. I'm sure I probably tried to for a, a uh, field trip or something of some sort down the line because I was the kid that always lost the papers in the book bag. Uh-huh. The book bag would always eat <laughs> eat my homework. Would eat my mm-hmm. anything. So um, yeah, I'm sure I probably had to at one point. I don't know that I did that, but I do. I do remember my senior year, I got a car, but I didn't drive it to school every day. But I realized quickly that if I was running late for school and missed the bus, I could drive my car. Mm. And 
And mm. so then, yeah, I still had to check in with Mrs. Reed in the attendance office, but I got my car for lunch. There you go. Could you leave uh, school window? <laughs> yes, we had open campus because oh. you know what? The, them were the days. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong happening in Hinton back nope. in the day like Mm-mm. that. No. Uh, I always wish we had the Dairy Queen. Go to the Dairy Queen for lunch. And when I was at South High, going through high school, I mean, we had so many different things around. We had sheets down the street, McDonald's, we had different restaurants. Right, like you could see them from school at all times. And I was always so jealous. I'd watch like I don't know something on TV or watch a movie or whatever, and the kids, you know, could leave school Uh and go get lunch, come back and do whatever. Yeah, do whatever. (laughs) And uh, yeah, what was that saved by the bell? I think Beverly Hills. No, what was I, the, I might be wrong. Or the I was thinking of the um, oh, the that restaurant that they would always go to at Save by the Bell. If you could think of that, text us 304-263-4321. Um, but I always wish they would let us do it. But of course, uh, different times. Chaos. Yeah, different could times. Could have ensued. Oh, trust me, chaos would have ensued. Yeah, I know some people who low key, and I'm not going to mention their names. It wasn't me. Would would go downtown and then go down one of the side alleys and and. Gathering a group and just smoke. Just smoke I'm cigarettes. like, these are like 16, 17 year old kids. Hey, it's better than doing it in the bathroom or something I like that. I guess they, they couldn't do it on school property. Yeah. So <laughs> So go down to the alley. Everybody, let's go down to the alley. At least they can go out into like the woods somewhere random. They though. probably ruined it for everyone, though. To be honest, that's probably why they're close. Alley. Yeah, close Turned to into campus. Smoker's Alley in yeah. downtown Hinton. Mm. Uh, but we do have to step aside, get to our uh, bottom of our break. And we'll be back after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. Jordan Warner, alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, if there's one thing, well, before I say that, you can listen back to any of the show if you missed it so far uh, over on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page a little bit later on. But if there's one thing we love talking about here on Panhandle Live, it's history and especially local history, Marsha. So our next guest joining us here in studio uh, with the Civil War music playing underneath us in the background, it's local author and historian. Steve French. Steve, how you doing, man? Marsha. Well, good. So uh, it's a big day today. Yes, well, it is. Well, a handful of years ago, it was a big day today here in Martinsburg, huh? years ago, the Battle of Martinsburg, one of the opening fights of the Gettysburg campaign. Um, uh, let's see how it explains. Start. Uh, Winchester was under siege at that time by uh, two uh, divisions of uh, General uh, Robert, or, uh, General Yule's Corps. And uh, he had sent another one towards Martinsburg under uh, Robert Rhodes. And it would, uh, by the end of the day, there'd be 10,000 men engaged in the fighting here around Martinsburg. Wow. That's nuts. Right. So we're, so we're talking about the Battle of Martinsburg, which, right. like you said, is the uh, biggest day in Martinsburg history. With I thought so. Guys. It would have been exciting. So what <laughs> happens, I'm jumping a lot of the conversation here already, but what happens uh, if things go the other way than what they did here in Martinsburg with the battle? Well, the Confederates won. Right. There was no way the Union soldiers could have won. They only had about 1,200 men here. And um, they were basically um, waiting for a general from uh, 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 Washington to get here to take command and take him to help relieve Winchester. Mm. So that's but, what. So that's why the battle was happening here. It was just a middle ground between Gettysburg and— Well, the, uh, Yule had sent Rhodes' division— to Berryville first to uh, scatter the Union forces there, and then he was coming into Martinsburg to take the rail station right. so on whatever supplies were here. Uh, it starts about 8 o'clock out around Big Springs. or skirmishing there, hmm. and um, 
I'm picturing this in my I head. I know. I'm looking uh, at a map right now. While you're doing uh, the 106th uh, New York infant, uh, Infantry under Edward James and the commander at Martinsburg at that time was uh, Colonel B.F. Uh, Benjamin Franklin Smith of uh, uh, the 126th Ohio. So they'll move out there with six guns from Malsby's West Virginia Battery, and there'll be a lot of skirmishing going on outside of Martinsburg in the general area of uh, Big Springs, the hills there as they're fighting Confederate cavalry, um, the idea is the Federals have two big wagon trains in Martinsburg. They want to get them to Williamsport and get them out of the way before the city falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, this uh, general from Washington arrives. Tyler arrives. He refuses to take command because the fight's already started. <clears throat> so the fighting goes on about 11, 12 o'clock. The Federals pull back to the, what was called Shires Hill then, sometimes called Union Hill, where P.O. Faulkner Park sits. Ah. And they're going to set up a defensive positions with their cannons on top of that hill, uh, two at the, the present uh, uh, tennis court to huh. command Winchester Avenue, yeah. and four commanding the Charlestown Road uh, towards the uh, cement factory today. Right, And um, they're holding on about 2 o'clock, a rider comes in from uh, the Confederate cavalry. Uh, uh, the commander was uh, Alfred uh, Albert Jenkins, and uh, well-known congressman and uh, from uh, uh, the Ohio River Valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, they come in and uh, uh, offer a surrender. And uh, uh, Smith will tell them the Confederate, "Go ahead and bombard. We're ready for you." Wow. The trouble is, as far as the Confederates, they don't have any cannons with them. Their cannons are still down around Bunker Hill. Hmm. They're coming up this way, and along with 8,000 men. <clears throat> they started in Berryville that morning. They get to Bunker Hill, and they run into trouble. So how long is that trip taking them, you think? Because it's, it's just horse, gr- horse drawing stuff. Well, no, it's but they're marching. Oh, they yeah. also have marching. And uh, when the marchers get to Bunker Hill, then they get on the Valley Pike, which is crushed gravel. These guys don't That's have 11, any shoes. Right? Yeah, right, right. Eleven. These guys don't have any shoes, so they're <laughs> it bothers them a little bit. Right. But the fighting uh, continues during the day. About six o'clock, the Confederates are starting to arrive in force. Now is that PM or AM? PM. PM. And. Uh, there's fighting out here on this ridge near the radio station, mostly by Confederate and Union cavalry. Um, about 6 o'clock, uh, the Confederates are towards sundown. This 6 would be uh, uh, six would be a general time. Mm-hmm. Towards sundown, the Confederates are ready. There is a woman that rides out from Martinsburg, a beautiful woman, as she's described, to meet Rhodes. <clears throat> the question is, is this Belle Boyd? It could have been because Bell Boyd had been with them two days before in Front Royal. Also, Charles James Faulkner of, uh, of uh, Boydville. Bell Boyd, Confederate spy. Right. But right. she'd been with them two days before because a lot of civilians were coming with the Army as it came back. They were bringing them back home. Hmm. And this woman rides out, and she gives him a message. And just about sundown, 16 guns will open up on the ball field. So they were he, fighting at night. Right at sundown. Yeah. They, they, they finally got ready. Then the uh, Confederates charge in. You have 8,000 men coming into town. 
You have the Confederate cavalry out here finally breaks the line. The Confederate cavalry will chase um, the, uh, some of the Federals towards Williamsport, and there'll be a big skirmish out around where Berkeley Plaza is today. Hmm. Uh, they are led by a 15-year-old boy named Cooney Ricketts. He had ran away from home. 15. 15-year-old boy. He ran away from home, and he was the pet of the regiment. regiment. He rode with Jenkins. And Jenkins' horse was shot somewhere going out of town. He falls down, and Cooney Rickards, hit, Ricketts kept, keeps going. Yeah. <clears throat> the rest of the uh, cavalry comes up, and they say, uh, Jenkins hollers, follow that boy. Wow. And just probably a, uh, about where Country Road and Tire yeah. is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ricketts catches up, and uh, he empties his pistol. And then engages in a, he has a pistol, the Union officer has a sword, and he engages him in a fight until the rest of the soldiers wow. come up there and help him out. But, uh, man, yeah. just think you're getting your, uh, you're getting your tires aligned. <laughs> little did you know, little did you know what happened there all those I years ago. I thought I'd give you no, that's great. a plug there. Yeah, that's and, great. Uh, but that's where it happened. So if, if you're in Martinsburg, if you're just a regular citizen, and I know, you know, you guys have, have come in and said, look, you know, Martinsburg kind of changed hands yeah. several times. It was very important because of the, the infrastructure, the, the railroad and all of that. But where are the citizens at this They're point? They're running out into the streets. The streets are thronged with people coming out in the streets. Because it's a, interesting? Well, they're excited. A lot of the <laughs> soldiers, the soldiers that are on... Um, uh, what was called uh, Shires Hill or where P.O. Faulkner Park is, those soldiers are headed towards Harpers Ferry. Some of the artillery is headed towards Williamsport. One piece of the artillery is disabled and at uh, P.O. Faulkner, you know, where P.O. Faulkner is, and you know where the tennis court is, there's a little ravine there, and they just flip it over in that ravine and leave it. Oh, wow. But yeah. most of the soldier, Union soldiers escaped. There's only going to be four or five killed in the fight, seven Confederates. One, four of the Confederates are killed by one shell explosion as they're coming through over their head. And, um, but the, the people are running out in the street. A lot of the Union soldiers who are still in town run into houses. Friends yeah. they have in town, they run into houses and hide there. And, of course, the Confederates go in. And pull them out of those houses. Oh so, did any of the fighting fighting happen in like downtown in the streets of Martinsburg, or did it pretty much all just happen on the it's, outside? It's going to happen on the outside, but then the the um, pursuit of the people takes place going uh, down Burke Street and so on. Hmm. But uh, the Federals will lose five cannons here That's a out lot. of the six, yeah. and that was a big deal. They later on there was a special investigation, and uh, uh, Martin's. Uh, uh, of this is one of the biggest losses of Union cannon right in the Gettysburg campaign. Wow. Was it just in someone's garage after? What's that? Would, did someone just take it just or it did it cellar? get like, get, yeah, were no, they, they just they rolling they it off? With them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Man, I've been sitting here looking at this uh, terrain map of the area as you've been saying that. And I mean, this, this area, Martinsburg does set itself up to be in a pretty right. influential point, not just because of the, uh, well, railroad and things like that, but it's pretty flat, but then you're, pretty much bookended by significant hills. You can see the whole valley. As the the, um, Federals were on the hill, uh, they could see the Confederates coming Mm -hmm. in that evening, big dust clouds coming that way. And one of them said, 
we looked out and they were thick as a hair on a dog. Wow. Oh, that's, wow. That, that's, they have a 1,200 men. You got at least 8,500 8, or so Confederates, plus the hmm. cavalry that's out here. So what does that do to a uh, young city town of Martinsburg? I mean, it seems like it was pretty scarred up there during the Civil War and, of course, the Revolutionary War. And well, things ma- that it, came made, it made the uh, secessionists or southern-leaning people very happy because they'd been under Union control for a long time, and they were very happy to see the Confederates back in town. Uh, the Union people, especially as we've talked before, uh, Marsha, the ladies of Martinsburg, a lot of them were very upset and uh, violent because of the confederates were back were they, they throwing <laughs> bread at them that's that comes later that comes <laughs> on the retreat uh, they were th- maybe using vulgar language oh, towards them. Wow. <laughs> well again we are speaking with local author and historian steve french and uh, yes we're talking about the battle of martinsburg but you got some uh, dates coming up some speech some talks coming up let people know about that yeah, I have uh, on the 22nd at 6 o'clock at the North Berkeley Library, I'll be uh, talking uh, about Custer's Last Stand, the anniversary talk I, I've given for a number of years, and uh, that's usually well attended. And uh, then I have a, another talk, in which is on the retreat from Gettysburg and the Battle of Williamsport at Greencastle mm-hmm. in the Antrim Allison Museum on July the 6th. And then... Hmm. Got a big bo- podcast in Gettysburg. Nice. Oh. And, uh, there's a podcast called Addressing Gettysburg. And wow. I'm well, I hope we warmed you up for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goodness. I do this all the time. So, <laughs> so when I you're. I'm in co host. <laughs> hey, sure. Ooh. I won't be here if on you, Friday. So. If, you can, if you can run the board, <laughs> Marsha's got getting that. better. Marsha's got that locked in. Uh, again, we're speaking with local author and historian Steve French. So when you're just driving around, right? When you're on the way here today. Do you just look out, especially on a day like today that's such a, a, a big day in this area's history, <laughs> do you just see in your mind's eye just soldiers everywhere? I mean, oh, when you, you came into the it. parking lot, did you see the cannons and everything right just, here on this ridge? Well, you can see it. Uh, not so much cannons on the ridge, but over uh, around the, say, um, the Board of Education building. That's okay. where your cannons would have been up on that hill. The, uh, the, the big uh, spring area. Right. Yeah. right. Wow. Man, mm-hmm. that's so cool. I didn't know anything about that. I thought, well... I just assumed that the Battle of Martinsburg was also the same thing as the train raid. I thought that no, was all kind no, of con- no. con- connected. There's no fighting during the train raid. They just right. come in and <laughs> just tore and everything up. It would be really <laughs> cool if Steve and, some, and Bob and some of our historian friends could voice like an auto tour. Or like a VR, virtual reality thing. Like well, this, somebody give me $200. Uh, yeah. Personalized auditor. We'll go all day. I hear that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think we can scrounge that up. Again, speaking yeah. with local author and historian Steve French, let people know before we let you go, let people know uh, where they can go to find out about your books, or your talks, and everything about you. Well, the books are all on Amazon, different uh, uh, booksellers, uh, especially the last one. Uh, it's just been released by, re-released by... Uh, Kent State University Press, Sims of the South Fork, Captain McNeil and his Raiders. I'll have the books at the Berkeley, uh, North Berkeley Library next Thursday. So, very cool. We'll be down there. Happy uh, West Virginia Day, by the way. Yes, coming it is. Up. And Flag up. Day today. Flag, flag Day today. Happy Flag Day, man! It's a big day. Big well, day today. West Virginia Day is on Tuesday, but right, people right, are. Right. A lot of people are going to be taking a four-day holiday yeah, because of the Juneteenth and <laughs> then right. West Virginia Day. So, right. yeah. Well, Thanks for for teaching us a little thing today. Yeah, thanks for stopping okay. in, Steve. And then uh, stick around. We'll be back after this. Wrap things up on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live. 
with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. Jordan Ice Warner alongside me is Marcia Kavalik. If you missed it for the break, but local author and historian Steve French in to talk about the Battle of Martinsburg, which has me just fascinated looking around. You're just geeking out. I know. It's so cool because, I mean, I get, you drive around all these places, right? You walk around, you walk the streets, you do wherever. You go to P.O. Faulkner Park, you play tennis, you watch a ball game, right? You, you don't even you don't even know, right, right. what went down there that... You know, all those years ago, which is Can you imagine so like cool. having Steve in your car, like shotgun and just going, OK, we're going by Gabe's now. Yeah. And then you get like just roll off what happened yep. during the Civil War yep. in that area. You get your tires rotated to country roads and he goes, hey, you know, you know what happened right here in this parking spot? Right. <laughs> all those years ago. Skirmish. Uh, you know, I tell you, if you go on a road trip with him, I bet you don't have to stop at any of the uh, roadside, roadside clockers. <laughs> Bet you he's got all that locked in. He's got all that locked in. But if you missed our conversation with Steve uh, or with Joe Upson of the Herbert, Herbert Henderson Office of Minority Affairs that we spoke with right at the beginning of the show, you can listen back to that on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page a little bit later on today. Uh, but just a few more minutes left here, Marsha. You've uh, been uh, following Philip Bowen and his trajectory to stardom. He is going to be our guest. You're not going to be here, Mm-mm. but on Friday, Philip Bowen is going to be our guest on Panhandle Live. Oh, how cool so, is that? Um, he's actually, you know, doing the whole AGT thing, but he's also going got an album that's dropping right. in August. And um, we're skipping ahead a little bit to Friday's show, but it also says here you're going to have uh, ultra cool <laughs> ham radio <laughs> enthusiast. And it's funny that you bring that up because uh, a guy I used to work with at a previous radio station He's been popping up on all my social media because he's gotten into CB ham radios, things like that, right? He's got a setup, uh, like a station in his house and uh-huh. talking to all the different guys. And, of course, I've known about ham radios. I feel like everybody has heard of a ham radio. Well, probably not the younger generation like now. Like amateur radio. Exactly, right? right? And you don't do much. You're not playing music or anything, but you're just kind of talking back and forth, seeing who you can connect with. And it does seem like it is a, a, a hobby that could be very fun to do. Also useful because I think one of the things they they talk about is when other means of communication are out, ham radio, ham radio yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know it, it's it's kind of like Morse code, yeah. Uh, to to the rest of us who are on the outside looking in, like how do you how do you break into this? Yeah, it's all. Like, what's and, the special code? Yeah, it's what's all the codes. Card? It's all codes. Yeah. See if I can't break a couple so. of them up. But uh, that is pretty cool. How'd you get linked up with them? Um, friend, are you a ham radio enthusiast? Our friend Mark Cram, who did water tasting with us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. DC News Now um, sent me an email because he, believe it or not, ham radio enthusiast. Right. And he may actually be on the show if he can can get away. uh, He may be appearing, but I know they've got another representative. But um, I've been trying to get him on the show, but he... He has a lot of meetings during the time, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. still trying to get him on just well, to talk news. Well, very neat. Now I'll be interested to listen to uh, your conversation with Philip Boeings. I know you're a big fan, and it's got to be fun to be seeing his um, his startup. Start yeah, to really and they, rise. they reached out to us, which is really cool because yeah. I've previous to this, I'm like fangirling. Hey, hey, you want to come on our want to come on our show? <laughs> you know, I've, I've we've spoken to so many people now together over the years. I think that was maybe 
Nervous might not be the right word, but the most nervous I've seen you before talking oh, to somebody. He's so talented, though. <laughs> that is pretty cool. You just stumbled on him on, what, like TikTok or something? One of my friends from high school posted his uh, overdub of uh, Country Ro- Taking That's Home right. Country Roads. With and fiddle, it was just right? so cool. And, you know, he plays the fiddle. He plays these instruments, but he's also just got this great songwriting and great voice. So Absolutely. Yeah. Don't well, get me started. <laughs> well, you're going to have plenty of time to chat with him on Friday's mm-hmm. show of Panhandle Live. Uh, but yeah, that should be pretty exciting, yep. Marcia. And it looks like, uh, speaking of being excited, I'm sure a lot of the homeowners around here are excited to know that there is continuing to be some rain in the forecast. Some rain right now, it looks like over the area, although when I look you, at the map, the radar. literally a circle of no rain right on top of Martinsburg at the moment. Uh, so a little bit of a chance of rain today. It's going to be sunny in 82 tomorrow, but then Friday rain. And then next week, round of applause for Mother Nature for this one. Next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, Rain, 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 and more rain. So uh, that'll certainly need that. Although, dang, I got my race Saturday. Oh, next Saturday, not this one, the next one. So maybe, well, that might help me out because I'm not in shape enough for it yet. So maybe that'll kind of level the playing field a little bit. You're not hoping it gets canceled. No, I'm just hoping some people maybe slide out. Wow, uh, that's a horrible thing to hope. Maybe, of course, that they're okay. Maybe a tire goes out. You know, the more I, the more you have this monitor on these races, the more I see that it's it's another subculture to just watch all the wipeouts. Heck yeah, it's like watching a NASCAR race. I mean, watching a NASCAR race that's clean is fun, right? But you get a little bit more excited when you see a car crash. You're for the car wrecks, huh? Yeah. Maybe not so much when they flip in the air, because then you know something's real real bad <sighs> could potentially happen. But, um, yeah, so fingers crossed that uh, the rain gets out of here before the weekend. Before the weekend. But tons of rain next weekend, rather. This weekend's going to be gorgeous. 80 and 85 sunny skies. But, um, yeah. Not There's so a lot much. going on, too. So West Virginia Fest is happening. The Juneteenth celebration at Sumner Raymer is happening. And I'm sure there are still kids out playing soccer. Oh, and having my their goodness. matches yeah, and all that. And you got all the camps starting up right now, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Shepard, they have a basketball camp that's starting up. Uh, when is that starting up? Next month, I think, maybe. So I might be a little bit ahead. Yeah, middle of next month, uh, Shepard basketball camp's going on. So it's a busy time of the year. It's a busy time of the year, which has been nice with the uh, lack of rain and bad weather that we've had, uh, being able to do all that stuff. But as you can tell, walking around and uh, looking around, driving around, I'm sure. I mean, when you come through, do you come through past any of the orchards on your way into work? Mm-mm. No, yeah. I was going to say, I wonder if you've uh, noticed if they are looking a little... Um, Peaked? Yeah, a little dry. I know. A little dry over there. They, they, they're on it, though. I'm sure they know what to do. Yeah, they got it figured out. Yeah. They got it figured out. But if you missed any of the show today, of course, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Had Joe Upson of the Herbert Henderson Office of Minority Affairs on earlier to talk about Juneteenth celebrations and also uh, potential for broadband expansion and things like that across the state of West Virginia. Then uh, we had our news roundup. And then Steve French... A local author, author, and historian stopped by to talk about the Battle of Martinsburg. All I'm going to do now the rest of the day, Marsha, when I'm walking around, driving around, is thinking about the Battle of Martinsburg. Mm-hmm. And look look for placards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Always looking for placards. I, I don't know how many times I've read the one at the uh, at the train station because yeah. I walk by it all the time. It's very cool. Yeah. We've got a little less than a minute left here, Marsha. Anything else you want to uh, talk about? Well, Hoppy Kerchival is up with Talkline next, and I didn't get his his uh, schedule in today. However, comma, I'm sure they will be talking about the indictment of former President Donald Trump. I'm sure that will be a hot topic for old Hoppy Kerchival. Also, there's a new director of the WVSSAC. That's right, and I'm sure he'll be hitting that one as well. But if you missed Dana's show today, listen back to it a little bit later on, Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. And that does it for us. For Marsha, I'm Jordan. This has been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a great day. Hoppy's next. We will talk to you tomorrow.
WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.